and welcome to the final episode of the season. It's episode 35 of the Fantasy Fit Bar Pod. I'm not even going to tell you what we talk about on this podcast because by now, listeners, you should know that my name is John and I'm always joined by a big, ginger, lanky streak of pish that is Scooby. How are you doing, pal? Thanks for that intro, John. Lovely, lovely kind <laughs> words. Um, certainly going to miss that this year intros for the next two and a half months but you've got two and a half months to write um some more so you know maybe they'll maybe they'll get there all the time i would not hold or maybe he'll be out eating fucking ramen every night as he seems to be he's <laughs> ramen coming out your pores you're doing oh. in your ears and ramen on your forehead how are you john you good man i'm great i'm great i mean yeah look as we said it's the last episode of the season i've been out for some ramen tonight i was yeah noodles up to my tits which was lovely <laughs> and uh, and the scotland squad scoby has been announced for the euro so it's all becoming very real that scotland are going to be playing in a major summer tournament isn't it it's, it is um some stuff was leaked obviously early morning you know you love to see that we've, we've not been in this position much a squad announcement the excitement and buzz around that you've got a leak yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Luke Squad came out. What did you think of it, John? I, I was pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, look, people are always going to be negative about these things. Overall, I think Steve Clark has it right. Steve Clark deserves our trust. You know, would I have loved to see Andy Considine in there? Yes. Of course. Am I going to lose any sleep over it? Maybe Lee Griffiths, you know, if we need a goal, should be there. But look, in Sir Steve, we trust. I'm raising a small glass of Malbec to uh, Andrew Considine tonight. You know. <laughs> Thinking of you, go and see. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I love the squad announcement too. Um, got to say, I felt gutted for the boys that, that were missing out, Kenny McLean and whatnot, through injury. Um, but look, really good opportunity for a guy like Gilmore to come in. Um, really happy to see Turnbull come into the fold. I'm sure we'll talk about Turnbull more, more in this episode. Uh, people were crying out for gold. Will we see gold back in Scotland next, um, next year? He's out of contract to the end of the year. Will he be a fixture in some fantasy football Scotland squads? We'll have to wait and see. Um, I personally would love to see my hearts, but that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, no, pretty exciting stuff, isn't it? And 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 obviously Nathan Patterson getting added. That was a that was a little bit left field. What do you make of that one? Yeah, I think it's great. Look, I think like Liam Palmer has done a decent enough job for Scotland when called upon, but realistically, uh, doesn't have a lot going in the future for Scotland. Uh, Patterson's shown more than enough uh, during his few caps at Rangers this season, I think, to deserve a call-up. So I was delighted to see him called up. Look, you know, should Dog be in there? Maybe. But ultimately, I think Patterson's got much more potential um, as a future Scotland star. And, you know, what what experience are these guys going to get? You know, they're first yeah. of a generation to be playing at a major summer tournament. It just... I don't think that can be underestimated about how much they will learn from uh, hopefully what will be a, a very fruitful summer for Scotland. But we're all ready for the heartbreak, aren't we? Oh, God, I know. I know. <laughs> we're, we're still in that phase. You know, we've got the rose-tinted glasses on. We're booking, we're booking uh, tables in pubs, you know, for our, for our celebratory party after the England game. You know, it's all, it's all lovely right now. Um, let's hope we're still feeling the same way about this time on, on June the 18th. Oh, God, I know, I know. Anyway, we, we, we do digress slightly, listeners. So thank you very much, listeners, for getting this far with us this season. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. We thought, you know, we could end on Gregor Smith being probably the best pod guest of the season, let's all be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and better than not, the two of us put together for most of the season, I'd say. Um, but no, we thought, you know, we'll come together. Scopey and I will come together for one last time this season. 
and deliver you a bit of a review of the season. So in part one this week, we're just going to sh- shoot the breeze, chat some shite about, about what's been going on. Yeah. In part two, we have awards. We're talking awards, Scobie. We're talking bargain of the season. Yeah. We're talking overpriced bastard of the season. We're talking train of the season, moment of the season, and whatever other part of the season we can think of that sounds good. The fact <laughs> <laughs> correct correct the ball bag awards and then in part three we're going to be looking forward a bit to next season so we're thinking about who's that first name on your team sheet next season listeners you can come back to this pod and think that's that guy last name on the team sheet guy you want to avoid and a few things we'd like to see so um it's going to be a bit of fun but we're just we're just we're just chatting some more shite scoby before before the summer's out how's that sound to you exactly we're filling our boots whilst we whilst we still can Sound <laughs> great. Where do you want to start us off then, John? Well, we were we were thinking about doing a bit of a, a weekend review from what happened, but actually the football was pretty shite, let's be honest. Um, it was 18... better on Wednesday. Lots of goals on Wednesday. <laughs> there was a lot and of goals. And then a bit of a damn squid on the weekend. And the boys were ready to part. <laughs> I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Um, you know, at the weekend, eight teams didn't score. <laughs> no one could be arsed. Um <laughs> But what did happen was some really exciting uh, relegation movements. So Kilmarnock obviously went 2-0 up early doors against Hamilton, and that looked a pretty safe victory from the off. But what you had was Ross County um, coming back from 1-0 down and winning 2-1 and securing their place in the Scottish Premiership next season. Scooby, what did you make of all that? Yeah, I thought it was remarkable. You got to nod my cap to uh, Neebs again, who uh, Blair Spittle, somebody he called out. Uh, I did have a smile on my face when I saw it come through on Wednesday that he'd opened the scoring for County. Um, you know, yeah, I guess you say coming back from 1-0 down to win 2-1. Uh, cajones, as they say. And look, I think County have, uh, have played well when it's, when it's mattered. I did not think they were going to be in this situation. So, um, you know, fair play to, to Yogi. He has come in, he's turned things around and to get that win against uh, against Motherwell, who okay didn't have very much to play for at the end of the season there, but again coming down, coming back from a goal down, I thought it was very very impressive, um, you know. And meanwhile, Hamilton um, just kind of went out with a with a bit of a with a bit of a sort of whiny little fart. Um, it's probably the best way to describe it. You know, I, I expected more for them. Uh, we thought there was that one last uh, sting in the tail. Uh, from Hamilton, you know, where they're going to win 9-0 and keep themselves in the league. But, you know, it was not to be. I thought they were pretty poor in those last two games mm. when, when they were fighting for survival. Did you not agree? Yeah, well, Hamilton just stuck the wains out on the, the weekend against Killy as soon as they were down, weren't they? And it's always been a strength of Hamilton is the youth they're bringing through. Uh, but, yeah, I wasn't excited by any of them playing Kilmarnock on Sunday, but we'll have to see there. A word on County. I mean, I, I, I do think they are overall this season pretty fortunate still to be in a league and like you know come mm-hmm. after me for saying that you know John Hughes hasn't done a good job but I know Fantasy Football Scotland isn't everything right but just take this Scobie right the, the guys at the Fantasy Football Towers posted who were the biggest point scorers per team um, across each club in the Scottish Premiership and each team had at least one player and then generally two players that hit over 100 points in Fantasy Football Scotland Mm-hmm. Ross County this season, top scorer, had 65 points. <laughs> like, let, like, basically half the score of anyone else. It just sort of sums up just like how they've just been so boring to watch most of the season and just sort of have got there. And it just sort of maybe shows how bad Killy have been in patches. Um, 
but yeah, still be in that battle. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and I don't think county fans can say that we didn't support them early doors. I was, uh, I was becoming a self-professed county fan. I loved them. Um, you know, I love big Ross Stewart. Ross Laidlaw was putting in some good performances. I thought there was some, there was something to admire there, and they were playing good football at the start of the season, but it just fizzled out, didn't it? Um, yeah, they've been awful, and there's probably a reason why we've not really talked about them much from a fantasy point of view since then, because there's just been nobody to be nobody worth considering. Yeah, agreed. So, so moving on, it's Dundee Kilmarnock in the uh, Scottish Premiership. It's a two-legged tie, listeners. Don't forget. So it's I was kind of you kind of figure the big guys of the team, and it's kind of like it's it's, it's kind of like an ex Rangers sort of like bear fest here because you've got Charlie Adams and Jason Cummings at Dundee against Kyle Lafferty and Chris Burke of Kilmarnock. I mean, who are you backing here? Um, do you know what? I don't know, and I think the fans over two legs makes it an even more fascinating. Um, tie um, I've seen Dundee play I've watched the games when they played against Hearts this year most of them are televised and 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 you know they, they're not a bad side at all they've been consistently pretty good Charlie Adams has been fantastic all year mm-hmm. um, so and then you know if you flip it on to Kilmarnock I mean if we go back to Wednesday night you know going 2-0 up and then and then chucking that to, which would have you know potentially guaranteed them safety there you know, against St Mirren to, to, to concede three and three all final scores, just a huge blow. And if Dundee are looking at that, they're just thinking, you know, we'll take them, take them every day of the week. You don't agree? Yeah, I think there's going to be goals, especially sort of just sort of imagine Charlie Adam just sort of quarterback role, just playing long diagonal balls into those like behind the fullback parts yeah. that the Killy defence just seemed to not be able to defend. Yeah. Um, but they do have Kyle Lafferty. I think it'd be it's going to be a great, a very interesting tie. And uh, yeah. to be honest, I take either of them in the in the Scottish Premiership next season. I think they'll they'll add a lot. So yeah, one to look out for uh, going forward. I agree. I, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna stick my head out and say I think Dundee might do it, and I think we might have wow. Dundee teams in the league next year. Another derby to look forward to. Um, yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. It's all about that man, Kyle Lafferty. Now. We passed on that. So last bit of this part, Scooby, I'm just going to ask you what this is. Was oh, that the sound of a jet starting? It's got it! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, a, it was an immaculate sound effect, John. There's no way I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> Are you by any chance talking about the big man from Livingston who's making his way to Petaudry this summer? <laughs> Oh, you've got me in one, Scobie. It's like we've done 34 podcasts together this season. (laughs) (laughs) It is the one and only Jet uh, has swapped places with Bruce Anderson um, at Aberdeen, it seems, in a sort of trade deal that's gone on here. So Jet, at the age of 30, we know he scores worldies, but he's adding to the Declan Gallagher, who's through his 30s, the Scott Brown who's in his mid-30s. I mean, it's in danger of becoming a new episode of Still Game Up at Pataudry next season. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I mean, you do wonder, do you think that goal from, uh, from Jet the other week was the, was the one that clinched it? Do you think they thought, we just got to bring him in? Yeah. I he mean, does it, on a serious note. He offers something completely different, doesn't he? Um, but... it, really, it really scares me, the lack of um, 
innovation and imagination that comes out of the Aberdeen scouting department that it just does tend to be a guy that scores a decent goal against them that they go and sign. But look, you know, it could be all right. Bruce Anderson, you know, impressed on his loan spell at Hamilton towards the end of the season. Um, so I think he was always going to stay in the Scottish Premiership this season. He's obviously just um, moved slightly down the league in terms of, of where that he'll expect to be next year. And I wish him all the best at Livingston under Martindale. He could really prosper, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He definitely should what he could do at Hamilton in that brief stint there. They'll be sad to lose him, I'm sure, too. Um, and then just thinking about, do you think we might see Callahan on the move this summer? Somebody like a Dauphin? Is there any other? I think there's a few There's a few good players in there at Hamilton, I must say that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I've certainly earned their place in the Premiership. Um, who, do you think that's fair? Do you think there's anyone else that might be on the, on the, on the march? No, I think you've nailed it on the head. I'd be absolutely staggered not to see uh, Ross Callahan at a Scottish Premiership club next season. Uh, even somewhere, sorry, my emails are going off. Even somewhere top six um, would be, yeah, would be completely within his reach and within yeah. his talents. He's been brilliant. Uh, a Dauphin as well. Um, he had the most interceptions in the Scottish Premiership this season, which um, I think is brilliant and uh, speaks a lot for him. So I think, yeah, we'll probably see yeah. both of them back in Fantasy Football of Scotland next year. I also wonder if somebody like maybe Moyo, um, mm. you know, and, and, and the keeper Fulton, I think, you know, there's a couple of good players in there um, who might be on the move. And yeah, who knows? Will we see Hamilton back again in the not too distant future? We'll have to just wait and see, I guess. We will. We will. I think that does us for part one. Part one. On we go. Hello and welcome back to part two of the final episode of the season of the Fantasy Fitback Pod. These are what you've all been waiting for, listeners. These are the awards. We're doing awards, Scobie. How excited are you for the awards? Oh, <laughs> I am, but you know, it's one of, you, you, you feel the onus. You know, it's a, big, it's a big moment for the players. They've played all year long and they're looking to this to us. To, you know, I, I, is that going to be recognised by us on the Fantasy Fitback Pod? So, um, you know, they can, they can, they're finally going to find out you know, if they are or not. So I think we should get straight into it, John. Straight into it. So award number one that we thought of, it's the bargain bucket. It's the bargain basement award of the season. Who was priced so brilliantly by Fantasy Football Scotland that you brought in, that no one else brought in, that delivered so many points? Scobie, that was the sort of basis of the awards. Uh, talk to me. What were you thinking? Um... So I'm going to answer this one in kind of two parts, I think, because um, the first one... You know, I'm going to put him in this category just because purely on how well he did. I'm actually going to say David Turnbull because I think if you brought him in at the right mm, time, David Turnbull was a very, very cheap buy. And let's not forget, he scored 136 points. And he, he did not even play the whole season. I mean, how many weeks was it before he eventually got going, um, you know, at Celtic? Um, you know, had played a little bit at Motherwell before he left there, but, but really we're looking at second half of the season. And he was playing in an environment where certainly we're kind of melting down around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he still finished as the 11th top scorer in the league. I mean, I'm frightened to think, A, what his value will be next year, but B, also how many points he might score under the right system. So for yeah. me, I think Turnbull's got to be in that conversation. Um but you know, if we're if we're if we're not looking there, I think it's probably as an actual bargain. Some of the defenders, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hat on, and I never, I'm embarrassed to say, I never had him in my team, John Guthrie. Ah, 
<laughs> you bastard. I was going to choose him. <laughs> oh, tell me why. Tell me why John got it. Well, so he was 2.2 million in the game at the start, which is just proper bargain uh, basement. Livingston kept a number of clean sheets this season. Of course, mm. on that great Martindale run as well. You know, we're talking in double figures level of clean sheets this season. And he also came up with five goals and three assists, which from centre half, I think, is really impressive. And that and one of, and the best run, it sort of came around between game week 19 and 22. And he scored three goals in four games with one assist. And it, when he was down in that sort of 2.3, 2.4, he was brilliant piece of business and uh, one that I think we all have to be looking out for next season. Definitely, definitely. Another guy just in that, in that realm as well, I was, I was between Guthrie but also Paul Hanlon. Mm. Uh, both finished around the same value at 2.9 million. I think Hanlon started a little bit more than Guthrie. I think it was maybe yeah. about two and a half, but he outscored Guthrie by six points. He also outscored Kevin Nisbet by quite wow. a few points too. I mean, you know, there's a number of hips players that okay. have really good seasons from a fancy yeah. point of view and he's, he's in that mix too. Yeah, I agree. So I actually will change my answer because there's only one answer, I think, actually, on bargain of the season, and it's Connor Goldson. He was yeah. 3.5 million at the start of the game. He ended up at 5 million. He, he was the only player in the whole league to play every single game for any team. It's staggering, isn't it? And, and Rangers the... kept, what, 26 clean sheets this season? I mean, it's yeah. just mental. Look, he's had four goals. So he's getting a clean sheet, you know, what, two every three games. And he also then came up with, what, uh, four goals in the season? That, yeah. that brace at Parkhead, you know, ever-present throughout that Rangers team. So, I, actually, you know, I love to talk about outside the old firm for the bargain, but, you know, Goldson at three and a half million, what a snip. Unbelievable, isn't it? And it, I wonder, um, I'm interested to see where they go next season with values and with players mm. learning a bit from this season, because I think there was a bit of dodgy pricing that went on at the start of the season. I think that's probably reflected by the value of some of our teams. I mean, we've probably all got to a point where you can't even spend your transfer budget. There's yeah. so much of it. You know, it's like, I've got 2.3 million. No worries, Governor. I'll take that out at the end of the end of the game. Um, you know what I mean? It's unbelievable. So I think hopefully it levels itself out next season. Yeah. Well, I remember at the start, I just like, I remember at the start of the season, we were just saying how difficult this game is. It's so difficultly priced that you can't get the players in. And it's amazing just as the season develops and if you're moving at the right time with the price rises, it can quite quickly become, um, it can quite quickly work in your favour. So I'm sure it will be very difficult to start next season. We'll have the similar conversations. Definitely. Um, but just can't wait. Can't wait already. Anyway, get back to this season and uh, yes. overpriced players. So who was the biggest flop? You Who's tell. You start us off. You 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 ask the questions all the time. So you tell me who was your biggest flop or most overpriced player this? Oh, Scooby, you stuck on me. So I think the big one of the biggest flops this season, and it was maybe for a few reasons, but it was Sam Cosgrove at Aberdeen. Yes. He was- <laughs> <laughs> he was like seven million, seven and a half million at the start of the season, um, and this was based off you know Aberdeen having a better better teams in the past than him having these crazy goal scoring runs. But he was injured for much of the first half of the season. When he came back, I think he scored one decent goal against him, so it got us all a bit excited. And apart from that, it was absolute shite. He's been shite at Birmingham since then. Uh, Cosgrove was just he was overhyped, overblown this season, and did not deliver for any fantasy football Scotland manager. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And I'm, I'm actually, I was having a think about this earlier, and there's a number of strikers that I want to put in that bucket. Yeah, so I yeah. It's like room, room 101 this. I'm going to drop them all. You know, the, Talk to me. Talk to me. Right, so who else is going in there? Shanklin's going in there. Oh, he has to. Overpriced, has to. shite. 
Christian Dodge, crap. Totally outplayed by Kevin Nisbet. Awful. No returns. This is a little bit controversial, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. And this is based on the value, the amount that he was, if you compare him to his stablemate in that value. Morelos, really. I, you know, I, he, he's a borderline, but it's eight and a half million he was at. Mm. You know, and I just think that's how, and it's, it's about the values. These guys were that inflated values and they just didn't deliver. And, and, and to take that point as well, I, I agree. I think when you look at the value elsewhere in the Rangers team, it was all at the back this season, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, we could talk about midfielders here or there, but really, if you stuck with the three uh, stalwart defenders, you'd have been you'd exactly. probably winning your mini leagues. Exactly. And what Connor Goldson was a, a third of the price. I like that though. So, Sam Crossgrove, okay. Very good. I mean, there's one other striker I obviously have to put in there. For me, it's big Mario Sagumpo, who I hotly picked <laughs> at the start of the season. Uh, ended up as the as, as a 10th highest scorer, I think he was, at Hamilton, um, who weren't exactly flying high in the in the fantasy rankings. Uh, so, yeah, big Mario. You've let me down, son. But he might rip it up in the championship. Who knows? Um, but, no, my, my, my flop of the season, and it's, again, a, a pricing thing, but I also think... And this will be a no surprise to any Scotland fans, um, apart from that very special goal. It's got to be Ryan Christie for me. Mm. 7.2 million, playing in midfield, compared to what he's done in years past, I actually even thought that 7.2 million might be a fair value for him. Okay, yeah. Forrest was a bit more, wasn't he? He was about eight and a half, uh, and then was injured all season. But Christie at 7.2 million, I had him for quite a long time as well, and he just mm. didn't deliver. Like, I think his points flatter to deceive it. It says he's sort of 20th highest score player, but a guy like that, you know, yeah. should have been top three right. you know, in the field we would have expected. So I'm actually going to put Christie in there for me. I think that's fair. And like the thing is, as well, with Christie is he's pretty much played, you know, 30 odd league games this season. Like yeah. you could say this about James Forrest, but the fact is that he's been injured most of the season. And so, you know, it is a bit harsh to say that he's the over, most overpriced player. But I think it does land on Ryan Christie. Uh, however, we do just have to try and remember that stunning goal against Serbia. Oh, exactly. Edward. You can't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it did it well. John, what? Uh, you explain the next one, actually. I love this. This is a, You came up with categories, <laughs> and I love this next one. Give me it. I've just got train written here. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew immediately what you meant. What I meant. Woo woo! Who? What fantasy football Scotland train were we getting on? Who were we getting way too hyped about? Or who were we rightly getting hyped about on this podcast or just in general during the season? Who was scoring two or three goals in a row that you jumped on that train? And actually, Scobie. John, I don't, I think we could have done an entire episode of the train, the trains that came through our station. It was constant. <laughs> I've not even thought about who. I've only thought about who the good trains were. Who were the? There was some bad trains. I'll give you that. But I have thought about mostly about the good trains as well. And it's just thinking about who those trains were. And it's not necessarily Scobie that you personally got on the train at the right time. But there was a. Was there a train that you just thought I could get on board with that? That's brilliant. Um, I mean, I've said it already. And in, 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 you know, one of my bargains this season, John Guthrie. That was a train that I missed. Yeah. I stood and watched the Guthrie train fly uh -huh. by for far too long. Um, yeah, I think there was... That's a hard one. I can't think of any that, that, that maybe didn't get going that I thought they might. I think maybe someone like... Um, I think we all got very excited when Daigle Laxalt came in. We thought yeah. Celtic were going to turn it around and we thought Laxalt, you know, it's going to be clean sheets. He's got this pedigree. He's come from AC Milan. He likes to get forward. Um, so that was one. And then actually, sorry, that's just reminding me, Shane Duffy, God, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he just provided moment after moment this season. But uh, I was on the Shane Duffy train very early when he got those first yeah. couple of goals. I think clean sheets were there, and you were like, "This guy's just going to eat the Premiership alive," and yeah. then was probably eaten by the Premiership. So, um, yeah, probably one of those two. I think some of the big clubs. What were you? Nice. So, so I've, I've got a few here. So uh, I think the first official train of the season was Lewis Ferguson. Yeah, he scored eight goals in like the first twelve games for Aberdeen. So that's a yeah. legitimate train. This guy, Lewis Ferguson, is not particularly known for scoring a lot of goals. He does score goals. He also got put on penalties because Sam Cosgrove was away. Uh, so this was a train that everyone jumped on, and well done for those that got on earlier than they got off. I seem to remember us having a conversation, actually, and I think I had enough to get you, and I was sitting between Ferguson and it was like someone shite from Aberdeen. <laughs> I said to you, who's to be? And I think pointing me in that direction on that train. Good show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then there's two guys at the end of the season that I thought were both great trains. It was the Cole train, Devante Cole at Motherwell, who scored like six goals in his last nine games at Motherwell this season. Brilliant. And of course, King Kyle. King Kyle Lafferty. We both got on the train at the right time there. Yes. Yeah. That was a great train. <laughs> two honourable mentions to some less successful trains for me on this pod. The first one, Scobie, if you can remember, it's the goal sniffer, John Obika. John Obika! I then tried to reboard the train when it wasn't moving. <laughs> just was like, yeah, I think he's going to come back and score goals. And then just, yeah, didn't even, didn't even play. Then yeah, one, I'm not sure, just because the cost was so low, and I think everyone was sort of playing him as like, uh, maybe that sub player that comes in was Sporl, the Argentinian bail yeah. at Dundee yeah. United. Just never quite lived up to the, the hype of a defender playing left wing and... Uh, and all that so yeah there was a lot of fun trains and it's a great there was, there was. There was a Chris Burke train early on in the season mm. you know there was a there was a there was a general Kilmarnock uh, wasn't there train yeah. with him and um, with Kabamba we were all on the Kabamba train oh. yeah, yeah. yeah there was a lot of false dawns and um, <laughs> just just building on what you said about Lafferty it is actually quite staggering what he did and and I mm. think from a fancy point of view he'd love to have him back next year I mean oh, yeah. he um Managed to score 54 points in just eight weeks. He was averaging seven points a game. Uh, so the fourth highest average score in, in, in the league of people that kind of played a substantial amount. And he was one of four people to score a hat-trick this season. And he, and again, in eight games. So it's, it is actually phenomenal. It's frightening yeah. to think what Lafferty would have done for a whole season if he'd stayed fit. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's been amazing. So uh, another one, which I know you were quite early on as well, was Ross Callahan. We've talked about him too. I think that was yeah. worth getting on. And another one I got on a bit late, but you were on nice and early. Um, mm. And then uh, sort of my final word on it, and it's a really obvious one, but I think the biggest train of the year was probably James Tav and the captaincy armband being given to a train yeah. which we all boarded and I think stayed on for half the mm. season. It was a set and forget. Um, so, you know, you can't talk about trains without talking about him. But yeah, lots of, lots of fun in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. I think that's what you take away from that. Yeah. All right, so last award of this part, Scobie, the sort of looking back part of the award ceremony that we're having tonight at Fantasy Fit by Pod Towers. And this is moment of the seasons. This is not necessarily, I don't know, I could go anywhere with this. You know, I've got a couple of ideas down of Fantasy Football Scotland moment of the season, but I'm also maybe just thinking Scottish Premiership moment of the season. Yeah. Moment, you know, the season that was so crazy, as Gregor so brilliantly put on the last week's pod. You know, we've had to deal with so much this year. What what really stands out for you uh, this season? Mine's mine's actually sort of goes beyond that as well. It's a fancy football pod moment of the season. 
And um, I do think that Craig Gagan's Dubai rant is something that we'll all <laughs> look back on fondly. I've listened to it a few times since. Yeah. Um, it capped off a really crazy week and we got him back on. Uh, he'd only been on a few weeks before. The whole Dubai debacle was just nuts for a few weeks, wasn't it? Um, and then when them getting back and then playing Hibs and sort of Hibs weren't really wanting to play them being forced into it because they didn't know if they had COVID or not. It was just all nuts, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, the, the Dubai run is a, was, a, was a really good moment from a selfish point of view and um, from a fantasy football point of view. Um, I absolutely love that. There was a couple that I had the um, from a fantasy football score perspective, and you sort of alluded to them already. So one of them was Carl Lafferty, hat-trick. You know, we all had them on the VC at the very least towards the end of the season. That was a huge points winner for a lot of people. I think really got them up in the middle mini leagues. And some people have been sleeping on Carl Lafferty. And it just shows that you pay that bit of attention towards the end of the season can really get you up. Yeah. And then also, I know we've given Shane Duffy so much shite on this pod and quite rightly so he's been an absolute meme fest on most of it but he did come up good in that double game week that Celtic had uh, I think he scored like two headers in, during that double game week where a lot of people captained and triple captained him so an honourable mention to Shane Duffy in there as well I appreciate that um, <laughs> and then one because <laughs> I'm going to miss Hamilton John um, <laughs> well, a little personal moment of the season was um Sending you a video from the from the Morrison's car park of the Hampton Ground. Um, obviously, when John had wrongly said it was a, a waitress at the start of the season, it still makes me laugh. Uh, but talking about Hamilton, it's Brian Rice and some of Brian Rice's ah. interviews. Uh, I did get told by John last week that we, could, we couldn't name another episode of the pod after Brian, <laughs> after Brian Rice. <laughs> this is basically yeah. turning into a Brian Rice appreciation pod. But it's his, um, it's his meltdown interview uh, where there's just some fantastic quotes. He says, I'm going to say a couple of things I'll probably regret. No, I won't regret because we're Hamilton and we got barred. What did he do? Apparently. And then what does he say? Uh, the rest of the game, we dominated. But you never write that because we're Hamilton. In my opinion, you know write that because we're Hamilton. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. And it's just like... Just it is a shame because I just don't think we're ever going to see Brian Rice back in the Scottish Premiership. But someone please do take the plunge and get him signed up. <laughs> Scobie, I've actually got a bones pick with you. So Hamilton, they, I don't know if you saw the Twitter account this week, they sort of posted a video saying, we'll be back. And it was like a two and a half minute montage and like their best moments in the Scottish Premiership. So, you know, starting from the point where they beat Hibs on penalties at Easter Road to relegate yeah. them. Obviously, you love that. And it had a couple of goals at um, New Douglas Park or whatever the fuck it's been called back in those different times. Yeah, yeah. And one of the goals, behind the goal, Scooby, was a Sainsbury's. So it's definitely changed hands, that supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a mortgage. Green thing is man. I think we've got to look it up. Maybe this, maybe this I'm, I'm sure it was a Morrison's now, but I'm just saying it has changed hands. So the oh, fact no, that we've got... you're right. There's Morrison's on one side and Sainsbury's on the other. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a waitress, though. Of that, I'm sure. Oh, so good. So good. I will miss Hamilton in some ways. Um, but yes, no, lots of good moments this season, John. Lots of good moments. <laughs> That's plenty for part two. That is plenty. Listeners, 
I'm gutted. This is it. This is the final part of the final pod of this season. Scooby, get the Kleenex out. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sad. I can't believe we made it here. We made it. We made it right to the end. But right, let's, not, let's, let, let's, not, let's not soften the mood. We've got a few fun nah. awards left. And we'll oh, be... we're only halfway through the awards then. Yeah. <laughs> guys are waiting at their tables to come up and collect their awards. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, first award of this part this week is uh, it's the first name on your team sheet next season. So, this could be quite interesting, Scobie. You know, when we're preparing our drafts for next season, maybe it's time to dive into, you know, the 25, 30 minutes into the last pod and just remember what we said to ourselves. Because I'll be saying two names. Okay. That will, that will have to be first named on the team sheet in a serious way, and then maybe I'll, I'll jump into some others afterwards. But it's Tav and Barisic, you know, the Rangers fullbacks, if they're both still there. And uh, these are two guys, right, that have been part of our Rangers defence that have kept 26 clean sheets. You know, a phenomenal achievement, and it's something that doesn't look like it's going to change much next season. So you think clean sheets nailed on. They both go on set pieces. These guys took 320 crosses each this season that's over a hundred more than any other player in the league this is fantasy football gold as from a defender's point of view is it not it's, yeah the, the cross stat is absolutely phenomenal I didn't I didn't actually realize it was that quite that high I know we talked about it a while back uh, I had tab as well I must I must admit and it I think that they'll both be there next year as well I've just got a few. I do think they're going to kind of keep the squad together. It does sound like, you know, from what's coming out of Ibrox, that that's going to be the way. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and, and Taff probably more than Barisic is the one you'd be worried about. But I think they are going to be there. And he's just got to be that first name, doesn't he? Taking the penalties, the amount of goals he scored. I mean, the guy missed a chunk of the season and he's still 50 points ahead of Goldson with 282 points on the season. You know, the next closest player to him that's not a Rangers player is Chris Iyer, 158. He's almost doubled what he scored. And Iyer didn't have a bad season, you know, for a club that didn't play well. The numbers are just, you know, just remarkable. So, yeah, I think it's got to be tapped, isn't it? Definitely. Um, I like both those shouts. For me, um, <laughs> I actually can't believe it. I feel like I'm stealing your thunder here. But, John... I think it might have to be the most complete striker in Scotland, Devon Cole. Yeah. The man's come in, seriously. He scored one goal before uh, Alexander took the reins. Um, and he scored 10 goals under Alexander. He's become the clear out-and-out striker for Motherwell, hasn't he? A Motherwell side that's talented and I think will do better next year. They were in turmoil under Robinson this year, a bad, bad place. And there was this mix of strikers who were all kind of getting a bit of a chance and not taking it. Tony Watt had some good performances too, but Devante Cole's absolutely taking that um, starting to jersey. And, he, and, he, and I think he'll run with that into next year. If he's fairly priced as well, which I think he will be, I think he's a no-brainer. Um, so for me, Devante Cole, definitely. He's also got five assists on the season. Yeah, I've got nothing to add there. Totally agree. Couple, maybe a couple of Hibs players, you know, uh, Martin Boyle. Um, has been a brilliant returner this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, and imagine he'll still be a midfielder in the game next year. Uh, probably premium price, but again, deserves it. Hibs seems to be going straight from strength to strength under Jack Ross. So mm. a guy that I'll definitely be thinking about, and and has been on penalties for most of the, 
this season and I'll imagine to be the start of next year. So he was another guy I was thinking about. But there's some real food for thought for the start of the next season, isn't definitely, it? Definitely, definitely. I think actually on Hibs uh, defenders as well, and that's a little bit because they're so well set up centrally, you know, and, and with Jackson Irvin and Gogic and stuff, they're so solid. And we, we've talked about already, but there's some high-scoring defenders at Hibs. You, you might even be in a place where you're playing two Hibs and two Rangers defenders. Like, I think they will be right up there. We'll see what happens with Celtic, obviously, but yeah. Right. The only thing I'd say with Hibs defenders, I think they will be more expensive. I think they'll be up more sort of Aberdeen defender sort of prices that were this year. I think they were a little bit sub subvalued this year so yeah. I might just that might just play into a wee bit but we'll have to see so in a bit more of a fun uh, way uh, some guy who's the last person the last name that goes in that team sheet next year some guy you are not fucking touching with a barge pole with a bunch of dog shite on the end of it um, and I'm not just saying this to wind you up but Funny you should mention Aberdeen defenders, John. <laughs> I will not be touching any Aberdeen defenders with a barge pool with a bit of poo on the end of it. I do not. I will go on record to say I do not think that Aberdeen are going to have a very good season next year. Um, I don't think the signs have been great under Glass. I know he needs time to develop, but it's just mm. a hunch. Uh, they'll be overpriced, and I think it's been really concerning the amount of goals that they've shipped. Mm-hmm. in the last few games um, just not look like the solid Aberdeen team that we came to know under McInnes so I'm not saying that's wind you up John I just will be I'll be thinking about steering clear of them at the start of the season yeah I think that's fair enough I mean this is a team that Joe Lewis kept 16 clean sheets this season which is actually a mental amount considering how bad Aberdeen have been but yeah look Stephen Glass has come in and says he wants to change the philosophy wants to play more attacking football and it's going to leave a few holes at the back. There's a few big names leaving. You know, literally, Ash Taylor has left. But you've got big Decky Gallagher coming in there. Yep. It's just unknown, isn't it? So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. And, yeah, I take your points on board about the <laughs> concerns about Petodri next year. I'm telling you, it's going to be a riot up there next year. They might all be old bastards, but it's going to be funny to watch and see how it <laughs> develops. For, for me, Kobe, for me, Kobe, the one man that is the last name on my team sheet, who was one of the first names on my team sheet this year. And that is Mr. Jake Hasty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he'd get mentioned. He is, he's, uh, he's actually, if you forget, he's on loan from Rangers at Motherwell. Yeah. That guy is not going to get a look in at Ibrox when he goes back. <laughs> I mean, he's been a dreadful member of a Motherwell squad that's generally completely underperformed for the entire part of the season. He got a run out in the game um, up at, up at uh, Dingwall at the weekend and looked pretty awful as well. So he will be absolutely nowhere near my team. Uh, next season and another one maybe on a bit more of a serious note that I'll try not to be lured in by is someone like James Forrest who just gets injured a little bit too often um, even though despite you know he does have good returns when he plays he'll probably be quite highly priced that was my more more serious last name yeah. in the team next yeah. season I don't know if you've um, if you've had a chance to just start talking about this talking about what we're looking for to next season if you've had a chance to go back and look at our first teams that we put out this season, some <laughs> funny characters in mind. If I go through, I've got volleyball and goalie. Uh, he was starting at the back. Um, Liam Donnelly, he lasted the game and they missed the whole season. Um, had Hayes, Johnny Hayes in midfield. Don't know what I was thinking there. Scott Allen, who sadly then had to sit out a lot of the season. I mean, I think I was the, I was cursed. Uh, Liam Polworth, a tip for big things, also didn't do very well. And then Dodge, you've already ripped into, and of course, a gumpo. So. 
yeah, funny to think where we've where we've come from um, yeah. and what it might look like next year. That's right. Well, yeah, hopefully we've learned a bit this season. It won't be quite such a bad start, but we'll just have to wait <laughs> exactly. and see. You just never know with fantasy football exactly. Scotland, do you? Never know. Brilliant. All right, so let's move on um, now. So that's kind of awards done. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to just move on to sort of new additions, differences yeah. you'd like to see from fact. The first thing he says, we've been absolutely, we've loved the game so much this season. It's worked so brilliantly. I think everyone's in agreement, you know, to, it's a phenomenal achievement that guys have put together at Fantasy Football Scotland Awards to have a game that works quite similar to Fantasy Premier League, which is a winning formula, but also to have something that works in our own nice, quirky Scottish way and for us something to be proud of. So it's brilliant. But Scobie, if there was a couple of maybe additions you'd like to see next season, where would you start? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, I'd echo all your points there. Yeah, it's been it's been so much fun. Um, and, you know, thanks to the guys for all the effort on it. So what can we build on? I think um, a couple of obvious ones for me, and I'll, I'll root this in reasons why. I think um, point system to be had a look at. And I think they are they are going to, aren't they? So do, so do, do correct me if I'm wrong. But if you look at, for example, points for, for, for goalie saves, it's something we'd get points in the yeah. English fancy equivalent. And I was actually just looking back on saves, can you guess who the top uh, the top goalkeeper was in terms of saves? Scobby Benji Segrist. You would be right in thinking that by a country mile, 130 saves this year. Uh, next best being Ross Laidlaw, 103. Um, Jack Almick, 92. So I mean, that sort of thing. You know, Segrist was was great and did get a lot of um, you know clean sheet points, of course, but saves. Um, and, and points recognizing that would be would be an interesting one. And I'd also like to see the addition of a bonus point system. Um, I understand it's um, it's quite a difficult thing to run, mm. uh, maybe in the equivalent way where you've got three points, two points, one point. But even just to go back to just having a single bonus point for a kind of player of the match award or mm. most influential player in the match. So um, yeah, I think just to be interesting to to mix up the points, uh, point scoring a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I think, yeah, a keeper saves would be a great thing to add because I think the goalie just now is probably the most, it's the least exciting position. It generally is the least exciting position in any um, fantasy football game. But if you add uh, saves to it, it just it does add a separate dynamic. And I like your idea, actually, on bon- bonus points because, yeah, I think it's a really difficult thing to get work right, but it shouldn't be too difficult, as you say, just to maybe add a point and that would just slowly you know, it gets in people's heads that maybe a more influential player yeah. works. So yeah. I really like that. Really like that. So I actually chucked this question out to Twitter today. Nice. Um, just asking anything that we can't miss. So Wallace Brown, Viva Waldinho. Uh, he's been a listener all season. Um, so thanks for listening, Wallace. He's got in touch and I really like what he, what he said here. So he said, the Ghost Award, the Ghost Most Valuable Player Award, and this is going back, Scobie, to your le- one of the least favourite quirks of the game, and that's the guy that starts in the starting 11 because he's not going to play, will switch out for the best bench player, yeah? Oh, yes, yep, yep. So Jay Henderson, Wallace thinks, should get this award. You know he was 15% owned in the game. That's absolutely mental. And it's because everyone had wised up to this fact that if you start a guy that's not going to play, he'll get on. So he says that, you know, Jay Henderson should win that. Of course, Adam McKinnon, since the top six split, since we yes. found him at Brora Rangers, soon became a fantasy football Scotland favourite as well. Um, but Wallace, in all seriousness, has come back in and said he thinks it's a rule that should be binned next season and you should have to rank 
your substitutes that come on for players that don't play. Um, Personally, I kind of like it because it's just a bit of difference, but I can see why it can ruffle some people up the wrong way. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no talent in it, is it? It's a, it's a clever quote, but I think it's a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card. I think at the very least you should have to rank your place, but then that would make it a little bit um, irrelevant, wouldn't it, yeah. you know, if you had to rank players. So, um, yeah. There you go. Anything else that you'd like to see next year? I, I, I was kind of stumped. I, I was the same as you. Maybe some changes to goalkeepers at saves, but... I, I think it's been great this year. And to be honest, just another another year in which the, the app runs smoothly, I'm happy with. Absolutely. Yeah, no, just just keen to keep, see it keep growing um, and, and hopefully being embraced a bit more by the clubs. Um, love to see that. Love to see them, you know, getting involved in price reveals and transfers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. So I, I just hope to see the game continue to grow and hopefully we'll have, you know, twice, three times the amount of players that we have this year um, playing with us next year. Exactly, exactly. Right. It is the last time I will ask you, Scobie, to update us on what happened in the Fantasy Fitbar Pod League at the weekend. It was, it was quite exciting, wasn't it? Well, it was. I think, I think we should talk about it on a personal level, John. Uh, we were <laughs> in quite a battle, weren't we? Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone was, 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 picked that one up and was following it, but um, I, I was I would be, you know, asleep at the wheel, I think. I'd been riding myself, uh, my luck, uh, and, and, and I was a couple hundred points ahead of John um, at some point in the season. Um, but you clawed me right back, right down to the final day. And after Saturday, there was just a point between us. Um, which is quite mad to think that, to be honest. You know, we've done mm. podcast That's there. amazing, isn't it? One That's point crazy. between us going into the last, last day of the season. <laughs> and then, you know, my mass has never been my strong point, but I did actually think you'd, you'd beaten me. Um, and I actually say that on Sunday. I, it must have seemed like a wind-up. But um, in actual fact, there, there, was a, there was nine points between us in the end. Uh, you know, I stretched this out. But very, very close. But no, what, what did happen in the league for the last time? Well, actually, hats off. I want to just say, um, for the third time this year, our top scorer in the league was Kyle Aitken. Latino wow. 66 points. He's sort of done it at three points. He was one of the earliest... Uh, mm. high scores that we had and you did that right middle of the season and then last week of the season so well done Carl thanks mate for, for playing uh, he's been a big he's been a big fan of the of the game and hopefully the pod um, the whole year so yeah cheers Carl uh, maybe we'll get you on next year if you could to hear your, your, your insights um, and then yeah after a Goliath struggle all year at the top of the fancy football pod table it was Saeed Hassan who came out of nowhere to tie for the title with Gunner. So well done to Horizon, his team, and Los Pimontoneros, um, which I always have uh, trouble saying. Uh, Gunner's <laughs> team uh, both finished on 2,185 points. Uh, but, uh, Hor- Horizon wins, Scobie, because it's done on who scores the most goals out of your teams. That's how it's, that's how it's ranked. I was just about to say that, yeah. <laughs> you just said you just said they're a joy. I was getting there, John. You cut me off. Uh, well, of course, they were separated, though, by goal difference. Uh, Horizon had scored more goals, so, yeah, did take the title. So, well done, Saeed, um, our, our inaugural fancy football pod champion. Yeah, mate, he's, I've tried to find him on Twitter. Wherever he is, get in touch with us. We will send you a trophy. There's a trophy with your name on it, mate. <laughs> Christ. Uh, and also special shout out to Andrea Koppel Winnie, lose or draw fought the whole way three points off um, the league winners in the end and, and of course oh, yeah. as we know started off late so yeah that's it John 
We made it. Did it. We did it. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much to everyone that's uh, got in touch on Twitter throughout the year, followed us, listened to the pod, come on the pod and be a guest and yeah. laid it all out. Um, yeah, just everyone that's been, it's been so class. Um, so, on to next year. On to next year, yeah. Look, we're going to take the summer off. We sort of toyed with doing a Euros pod, but I think if we just take the summer off, we'll come back uh, all guns blazing for season two and give it our best shot next year. Yeah, uh, next summer is probably the best way to do it. So can't wait. Yeah, absolutely loved every second. Got us through quite an unusual year, I think. So definitely it's been fun, hasn't it? Definitely, definitely. Um, I that's been it, and hopefully we're we're you know we're sitting here with Scotland as European champions um, yeah. coming back into the coming back into the new season. So lots to get excited about there. We'll obviously be following uh, the Euros on Twitter. So keep keep in touch with us, engage with us. We'll be following the matches and tweeting out some nonsense, I'm sure. And um, bye. Arise, Sir Lyndon Dykes. <laughs> Is he going to have the salt iron on his head? We think so. I'm getting all my pubes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> right, cheerio. Thanks again, guys. <laughs> <laughs>